1: Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply.
0: Hi, and welcome to the Moms and Murder podcast. A true crime podcast featuring myself, Melissa, and my friend, Mandy. Mandy. (laughs) We are here tonight and we're super excited about this case. Super. Yeah, it really doesn't involve any moms and it definitely doesn't involve any murder, but uh, we thought we would change things up with this case. Um, It's a lot of fun. We hope you enjoy it. It's crazy weird. You'll just have to listen to figure it out. Um, so I'm going to pass it to Mandy to give us a little rundown. Yay. Uh,
1: so as Melissa said, we are really excited to kind of do a little bit of a lighter case this week. Uh, I think the last few that we've done have been a little bit dark and sad and, you they know. They involved
0: kids. Too many yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So we decided this time to just bring something else to you. Totally different. It's still crime, Um But it's just not all that, like, really, really depressing stuff. Actually, it's super funny and so outrageous and ridiculous and unbelievable um, that you just have to hear it for yourself. So (laughs) uh, we're going to be talking today about Anthony Curcio. And he was born on September 1st, 1980 in Monroe, Washington. So he's really not that old. Right. He's mid-30s. Well, I guess that's
0: relative. Um, (laughs) (laughs) If you're on the younger end, that's real old. I remember 36, 37 being... Old and now it just seems like a very young spring chicken. Well, you know, fast approaching. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so, so Anthony Crucio was, uh, he had a normal childhood, and he was really popular as a teenager and did very well in sports in high school. He played football and also basketball, uh, but he was the captain of his football team in high school, and he received a lot of honors and awards for his performance in both of those sports. Right. And he later went on to play football in college at the University of Idaho, And that was a childhood dream of his. I guess his dad had attended that university and graduated from there. So, you know, he just wants to follow in daddy's footsteps, just like most little boys do. Um, So he started doing that. Things were going well. uh, But he quickly realized that he was not this big all-star in college that he was in high school. Um, You know, of course, when you get to college level sports, you have a lot of people who are just as good as you who have made it that far as well. So now you're no longer the big fish in a small pond, so to speak. So he, of course, was under a lot of pressure to perform and to be this amazing athlete that he always had been. And unfortunately, he turned to using alcohol to kind of release himself at the end of a long day or, you know, whatever the case was. But he started doing that a lot. And, of course, we all know that people who do that go down a really bad path sometimes. Yeah. So he did. Um, He started drinking and just... Said that it was, it made him feel good and he was happy and didn't really think anything of it. Thought he could still maintain his perfect life and, you know, do all these things that he was doing. But unfortunately, he did kind of start cracking a little bit. And uh, while he was practicing one day with his college team, he tore his ACL. So Melissa here knows from previous work experience that that
0: is a very painful and terrible injury. We weren't always podcast hosts. We once had very normal and boring lives like we continue to do. But I worked for an orthopedic surgeon and scheduled a lot of ACL tears and immediately cringed when those people came in my office to schedule. And then Mandy's husband is the proud owner of a, an ACL repair. That's
1: right. <laughs> so if you don't know quickly, the ACL is one of four main ligaments in your knee that connect the femur to the tibia. So basically this is like holding your leg together sure. at the knee. So you can't live without it. Um, and it is a injury that cannot heal itself. Right. So you have to have surgery most of the time if it's I guess you probably would know more than me, but there's probably levels of
0: yeah, yeah, tears and then you know, the tear. you yeah. have
1: to have surgery if it completely tears, which is a common thing I've heard that They'll hear like a pop, and then
0: yeah, they know
1: that and you can something just broke. Think <laughs> of that
0: word, yeah, like just. the pop, just the pop heard around the world, and everything's done. Yeah, and people would always ask, "Can I have therapy for this? Are you sure this won't get better?" I'm like, "Buddy, you you can't put any weight on your leg right now. Right. This ain't getting better." <laughs>
1: so after uh, this injury, uh, Anthony's football career came to an end. Of course, right. an injury like that is basically a death sentence for. if you play a sport, you know, that's not going to be in your life anymore. Um, And unfortunately, a new relationship with Vicodin was born out of this injury. So, um, you know, when my husband had this injury, he told me, I asked him a little bit about this. I did like a little mock interview with (laughs) him for this. Um, And he said, of course, it was like the most unbearable pain, but he said, He um, was on the painkillers they gave him for about eight weeks. Yeah. So that's a really long time. Yeah. And if you have an addictive personality or like Anthony was already using alcohol, you know, I feel like it was very easy for him to kind of succumb to that. And when you're on something like that for an extended period of time, you do get a tolerance built up and you, you know, you can get addicted. That's just one of the byproducts of taking pain medicine.
0: He said he basically went to other doctors after a while to get different medications with different names and different injuries and all that stuff. So you can see how that could quickly spiral out of control. But after that surgery, you do have therapy and that sort of thing. So you do need those pain pills for a while, but you don't need them six months after. Not not that level of pain pills, which is what he was still after.
1: Right. And like you said, he did go to some pretty extreme lengths to continue to get the stuff. Um, One of the things that I read about him that I thought was like whoa, was that he intentionally injured himself by repeatedly kicking um, an oak coffee table. Sure. Been there. Right. Done that. <laughs> uh, well, we usually when we do that, you know, it's just to release, you know, pent up frustration, not to actually hurt ourselves. When you don't have
0: a pillow to scream in, you just kick an oak, ta- oak table. That's like the next <laughs> rational step. So uh,
1: so at some point he did agree to get treatment for his substance addiction and he spent 21 days in a facility. Right. And after that, he, of course, came out sober and was ready to kind of restart his life a little bit. So he did that. He um, started a business called Tony's Gaming, which bought and sold casino tables and other gaming merchandise. So when I read that, I honestly thought at first, like, that was kind of a crappy field of, you know, yeah a job field to go into. Because typically, like, in that world with gaming and casino stuff, you also are getting a lot of other sketchy kind of
0: at times there I, can be
1: others. I'm not saying <laughs> that everybody who does those things is into like anything bad, but I feel like it wouldn't be my first choice. The door choice. is open
0: right. for that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I
1: wouldn't position myself where it would be a it's, possibility. Yeah.
0: Similar to coming out of rehab and going back to your job as a bartender. That exactly. There's a lot of temptation
1: there. Right. And no one says it's going to turn out to, you know, be a downfall for you, but there's that little chance that, you know, yeah. it could. So you might want to stay away from that. Yeah. Um, so he ended up expanding that business by leasing a commercial space with an adjacent storage and then he was open to the public so from what I read it doesn't sound like it was an actual casino that was open just that he was open to the public to sell these things the tables and everything like that Uh, I wasn't really clear on that though but um, the gaming place was shut down and raided um, and the Washington State Gambling Commission and local police confiscated his inventory and said that he did not have the proper permits Well, something else that I read was that there was another casino local in town that had financial interest in that location. So it was just this crazy thing where they kind of had gone under the, you know, in through the back door under the rug and said, like, don't let him stay there. You know, we want that space. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of just you know, poor Tony.
0: <laughs> Sadly, my note on this is whenever I read Tony's gaming, I thought, oh, who's Tony? That's kind of a weird <laughs> thing. <laughs> and then remember that was a nickname for Anthony. So it's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so after the business got shut down, of course, being vulnerable and having already been around the, you know, around the, table with this type of thing, right. he relapsed, sadly, and this time he came up with a new method of getting what he needed or wanted, and that was by forging medical prescriptions on his computer. So this is getting really, really, you know, I don't even know the right word to say here.
0: <laughs> like it's well, illegal heading... would be one. <laughs> we can <laughs> go with sketchy. We can go with... Um...
1: <laughs> it's just very, like, brazen, I yeah, guess. You know, right? I just can't imagine. I mean, I don't... I guess... I don't have anything else to say about that. I just think it's crazy.
0: I was given a script for labs one time and I wanted to write the word stat on top of it because I really wanted them to get it back quickly. just like I had a cold, whatever. But, um, but I could not bring myself to write the word stat stat, which would change nothing, but they would just go further. And this guy's literally writing prescriptions off and like, and he would taking do, these pills
1: right. up and different names too. It wasn't even just in his name. You know, yeah. one day he would be, you know, Mike with a tooth infection. Yeah. The next day he would be like someone else with a leg problem or whatever. So he would just go all over all these pharmacies and collect yeah. things, which honestly, I just, I guess I just don't know enough about doing that, but it seems like it would be a lot harder than that <laughs> <It> <laughs> to go around. Like it should
0: be a lot just harder collecting
1: narcotics from pharmacies. It just doesn't seem like it should be that easy. But
0: but clearly he's been a charming guy his whole life. Things have gone well for him, and if he puts his mind to it, he can basically convince people of this. Like you would not look at him and really think, oh, this guy's coming here to, you know, changing his name, except if he changed it to Tony, which would clearly confuse <laughs> me and <laughs> I would be very all over the place. So, so, um, in,
1: we watched a 2020 episode on him and it was actually really good. Um, it was one of my favorite 2020s yeah. just cause the story is great, but I liked it a lot and it's not very long. So if you have a chance to watch that, you should look that up on YouTube
0: I didn't love the guy that was the host of this episode. you know how like there's certain people that are you know in charge of the episode on Dateline, like I'm Keith Morrison fan Dateline all day long. If you've ever loved Keith Morrison as much as I do, then you'll check out the Instagram account. Keith leans on things <laughs> because it's beautiful and it's magical and it'll change your life. But this guy kind of I don't know, I like this story, but I'll get into what he does later, but he seemed very. I don't know, just not my favorite interview of all time. (laughs) But I love the story, but I could have taken him or left him. I wish Tony would have you know, forged himself and done his own interview, to be honest.
1: Yeah. he Well, he probably could have. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> so,
1: anywho, in the 2020 episode, he said that this whole thing with forging prescriptions, you know, that was really where he kind of crossed his own personal moral line. And that previous to this, like, he never would have done, you know, he used to have, like, integrity and would right. never even dream of, like, doing something like that. So, you know, you kind of start seeing really just the effects of, addiction and uh, the downturn that your life can take. Um, So by his mid-20s, he had actually organized already several high-dollar thefts, scams, loan sharking schemes, and was also behind a sports memorabilia, like
0: (laughs) counterfeit (laughs) ring. He's like the original O.J. with this kind of stuff. Right.
1: And and as you said, this is a a very, like, typical middle-class, I mean, you know, nice-looking family. Yeah. And you just... You never know. You just know. This stuff affects everybody. Absolutely. Um, But at his worst, he was actually spending $15,000 a month on his choices. Choices,
0: On his choices. (laughs) The amount of things I could do with $15,000 a month, even $15 a month, could really just shake things up in my life. (laughs) I, I.
1: can't even imagine that figure of money, like even coming in and out of my house in a month that just doesn't even, that doesn't compute my brain.
0: Because we're not stealing prescriptions and everything. We're, we're really in the wrong, wrong line of business here, Mandy. Well, if people
1: have 15 grand to blow a month, then we definitely are in the wrong, (laughs) wrong line of work. Um, So Anthony completed four different drug and alcohol treatment programs total throughout all of this. Um, And That's that on his past, really.
0: (laughs) So while all this is going on, he's able to maintain this whole appearance that he's a successful business owner and family man. He actually uh, graduated from college and married Emily, who was his high school sweetheart, um, and they had two young daughters. Um, Eventually, he was really desperate as this goes on and as a $15,000 a month habit will Lead things quickly to. drain what you have. It, it will. Um, he started a real estate business buying and flipping houses, which at the time, great idea. Right, right. But very quickly, you guys remember the market crash. Everything crashed. Everybody lost all their money. Um, and so he was losing the houses he owned and almost lost his own home. Um, so when he's down to his last few dollars, he came up with a quick plan, and he's been very successful all this time at these manipulative, deceitful, lying. Things, um, and so he was in the parking lot of the Bank of America, sitting there eating a burger, which is one of my favorite things to do—just
1: sit in a vehicle. He was at this Quietly. point, he's contemplating what ha- yeah. is happening with his life. So,
0: but eating a burger and quiet—I bet I could come up with some good ideas if I ever had any time alone. Well, hopefully, none like this <laughs> no. one. <laughs> Not like this one. Uh- Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home?
1: Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply.
0: It's been a while since I've had a baby of my own, and some days I miss it so much. The baby cuddles and baby smiles, but when it comes to diaper rashes, not so much. I remember the first time my oldest had a diaper rash, I was really devastated.
1: Pull-Up Skin Essentials has got your big kid covered, too, with a training pant that's ultra soft and breathable to help protect sensitive skin throughout potty training. Whether you're a first-time parent or a seasoned pro, make it easy on yourself and your baby with Huggies. Learn more at Huggies.com. Once again, head to Huggies.com to learn more.
0: So he sees uh, one of those Brink- Brinks armored trucks um, come up, and then he became obsessed with, you know, what the next step would be to pull off a bank heist. So he's... Who hasn't thought yeah. of that? <laughs> okay. On it, you are lying to yourself if you've ever seen a bank, you know, an armored truck and not thought like... Well, this would could, be so yeah, easy. <laughs> if I could get in there, then I would really... think would, Things would um, work out for me. But he's also noted that he became... Whenever he was using, he was very obsessive compulsive. So he just... He had this idea in his head and he was going to make it happen. And so far, he's done really, really well with this. Um, So for three months, he sat there watching when the armored car came through. So whenever it makes its deliveries to Bank of America, took notes, drew diagrams, looked for the blind spots, saw the camera locations. He um, tried to estimate how much money was being transferred from the bank and being removed from the ATMs. So he, like, has a plan. I don't think I could plan to do anything for three months. After day three, either I'm going to do it, or I'm going to go get another burger and drive away with another plan and go cry my pain away. But, um, yeah, so he's, like, he's in it to win it. And uh, he was. I'm still impressed with his dedication. That sounds so terrible. It's but.
1: a very elaborate, like, scheme to think of. I, like you said, I just don't have that kind of time, honestly, no. to sit around and...
0: Or brain power. I I can't come up with these sorts of things. No, and, like, in the three months while
1: you're sitting here, like, (laughs) watching all this, like, why don't you, like, I don't know, get a job or something? Like, if you're... Come on, Andy, He's
0: got an idea.
1: I know it's... I know those those jobs that pay 15 grand a month are, you know, real easy to come by and everything. But... So Anthony also knew, of course, that just simply getting a hold of the cash was not the end. You know, he would also need a really, really good getaway plan because – of course, you know, he may have found a one or two blind spots on the truck, but there's still going to be cameras everywhere. Yeah. It's a bank. And of course, there's people at banks all the time.
0: Really? And they have <laughs>
1: systems in place when they get robbed that the police will be there very soon. Right. So he knew that he had to have a superb, you know, plan to get yeah, robbed. Superb. You like yeah. That. Superb. <laughs> so he decided the best way to get away was to utilize the river that was running through the city. Guys, this is my favorite thing <laughs> in the entire
0: world. I love this.
1: So for weeks he actually hand dredged this river. This uh this name of the river is Woods Creek. So I guess it's a creek. Sometimes I read river, sometimes I read creek. I've never been there. I don't know if it's a river or a creek. The
0: point of the story <laughs> is he hand dredged it. He tried to change the makeup of this the actual landscape. Body of water.
1: Yes, he got out there like I just said for weeks and would go with I guess a shovel or his
0: hands. <laughs> he he said- he was doing it. Hand dredging could still be using a tool. I don't know. I refuse to believe that because it makes his story more He's awesome. just out
1: there digging.
0: Honestly, I thought Tony okay. was out there with his hands. <laughs> okay. So
1: the point of him doing this was so that he could make it deep enough to ride a jet ski to safety after he pulls off this elaborate paint yeah. So first of all, if that would have been the case, like I can't even stop laughing because this is Just the most ridiculous thing ever. I love it. Um, So he was smart enough to try a practice run of this whole entire thing first, you know, why wouldn't he be? I would.
0: After three months of planning, I you're going to give if he it a bunch of
1: practice. So he did his practice and realized that nope, the hand dredging was <laughs> not good enough to make it deep enough to ride a jet ski, hit a rock, and then said, now I have to come up with plan B. Right. So he does craft another plan in his of head. Of course. And uh, he decides that he is going to use a mm-hmm. inflatable raft or sure. an inner tube you know so some of you might recognize this type of inner tube from like tubing behind a boat absolutely you know a, or any other recreational activity that's not a crime
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and maybe
1: some that are now now you know right um so not only was he going to do that but he was also going to actually create a cable pulley system and set it up so that he could use that to quickly pull himself (laughs) down the river to safety and to his getaway, whatever that was going to be. So this is just so... I love it. I'm sorry. I love it. The whole time researching this and learning about it, I'm just sitting here like, is this real? Like, I, know. I was giddy. <laughs> I, I mean, and then I mean, at times I'm proud and I'm like, people are so smart. And yeah. like You know, and then I'm like, wow, this is kind of like crazy, you yeah. know, but <laughs> mostly smart.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mostly smart, but kids don't do this. Don't try right. this at home. No, we don't do this. We're getting there. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, so he thought of literally everything up to this point yeah. and he also knew that he needed a disguise. So I'm going to let Melissa tell you a little bit about what he decided to do for disguise.
0: Okay. I don't know what part of this is my favorite. This has got to be one of them. So he knew he needed a perfect disguise. He has his getaway down the river and uh, needs n- nobody can notice him. Nobody can figure out who he is. So he decides that he's going to have another plan for when the police get there. So before the heist, he puts an ad on Craigslist. And uh, the ad stated he's looking for 15 to 20 workers for a city cleanup project, and he promised 28.50 an hour. Which had Anthony just looked for a job for 28.50 an hour? Maybe not. That's right. what <laughs> um, So the workers were told to wear jeans, a blue shirt, work shoes, and a yellow safety vest, and to bring safety goggles and a painter's mask. So I'm a little confused on what exactly they thought they were doing with all of those pieces. But, uh, I thought they
1: were doing a city cleanup project.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. <not laughs> I'm sure that. they just
1: saw 28.50 an hour, and they were like, "I don't sure. care what it is, I'm we're going to be there." <laughs> I'm there.
0: So um, they're to meet in the Bank of America parking lot at the same time he plans to rob um, the armored car. So on September 30th, 2008, he dressed identi- identically to the decoy applicants. He pretends to work the grounds near the bank, waiting for this moment of truth to come come to pass. Yes. Um, so as everything's in place. He runs up to the armored car guard, pepper sprays him. He immediately, the armored car guard, pushes the um, cart away that's carrying all the money. He grabs the two bags of cash and runs towards the creek. (laughs) So (laughs) here's what I thought. Maybe my parents lied to me, but I always thought growing up that there's somebody else in the armored car, so if that kind of thing happened, they would shoot you. Like, they have these holes that they would just shoot you out of, right? That's actually something I
1: wanted to bring up today, because I, as far as I know, <laughs> they do carry guns now, armored right. vehicles, but I don't know if that was the case back when did this happen, 2008. I'm not sure if that's a recent thing that not they- It's a different
0: century, for goodness sake. Well,
1: it's I know. That that's why it seems weird to me, because- I know that now there is. They have to. It's like a law. They have to travel, and you know they have to have somebody watch their back right. while they go do all these. I mean, they're handling a large amount of money. Yeah. Um, and there was actually, I don't know if you remember, but in Florida there was a case of yeah. an armored vehicle driver getting robbed basically yeah. at gunpoint, and um, sadly did not have a backup person with him. So I don't right. know. I don't know when. They put that into effect, but yeah, it does surprise me that there wasn't a second person waiting in the wings. I thought
0: immediately you just, there's a hole there. I swear I've seen the hole on the armor <laughs> card, but I never try to walk closely to them. And I thought they would just shoot you on the spot. I thought it was just a thing that they did. <laughs> right. Although he wasn't doing, he didn't have a weapon. Right. So I'm not sure, you Maybe know. they give you a pass and they're like, just, just run. You're not going to get that far.
1: I mean, I just don't know if you can shoot someone dead over that. Over pepper spray? Cash. I don't really know. I don't know. know. If
0: you're going to shoot somebody, it would be over $400,000. But so. it's not
1: their money. It's the True, true, thing. true, I guess.
0: <laughs> I'm a little too happy with this. Um, so anyway, he um, when the police finally get there, so he's taken off towards the river. When the police get there, the bank is full- Of all these people meeting his um, description, this is genius. Genius. (laughs) This is so genius. Apparently, this happened in the movie The Thomas Crown Affair. That's one of my favorite movies. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So apparently, this is that right? Is this like a basic they had a decoy situation Mm -hmm. there? Okay. Genius. It's genius. Yeah. So everybody's saying, oh, it's the guy in the blue shirt and jeans and the painter's mask and the thing. And (laughs) there's like 20 people there fitting that description.
1: Can you imagine just being the officers on the scene and like realizing what has just happened? And just like, I feel like I would just be like, I just, I'm going home for the day. Yeah. I'm done. We're never going to solve this. Like somebody really put a lot of thought into this and there's no point in even trying to like
0: find them. The officer said something that was funny. They were like, well, when we got there, we realized. It's not going to be somebody dressed like that. We know it's not going to be because (laughs) obviously this person's put this time into it. They're stripping their stuff off as they move.
1: So Anthony makes it to the creek and to his little invention that he made to get himself away. And he traveled 200 yards downstream and got out of the creek behind uh, several businesses that were on the opposite side of the highway from where the bank was. So at this point, he's now really made quite a distance you know the police are going to be looking for him in a certain area and now he's all the way across town yeah so like i said genius yeah um so at some point after he got you know onto the other side he removed his wig and construction outfit and hopped in um, a getaway vehicle sure so once he made the getaway he realized uh what am i going to do with all this money
0: Okay, so you've been <laughs> for three months. Everything is perfect, and then all of a sudden, this is when you realize, yeah, this is a lot of money. How am I going to explain this to my wife? Um, anyone that knows we're having financial troubles, my bank. How do you, how do you deposit that? You can't deposit it. Right. You have to keep it all in cash. I
1: yeah. mean, not that I would know, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> confessions of Mandy. No, but you do,
1: and and. Like you said, with someone who planned every last detail down to like the very, you know. This
0: Craigslist ad and the pulley system. I love the pulley system. (laughs) I've always wondered in school, when will we ever need to know how to use a pulley (sighs) system? This is how, guys. This is what they were preparing us for.
1: Okay. So, um, So, yeah. So, he didn't know what to do with the money. I did read somewhere that he stored like half of it in a friend's safe or something that's a really mm. good friend yeah i got to
0: tell you no thank you no Mm-mm. i'm not that good of a friend to anyone i'm sorry i'm not going to jail for you i'm going to jail for my own stupid police system not not yours so he gets away
1: and does whatever he does. I on the twenty twenty episode, they had asked him, you know, how much what does it look like? What does four hundred thousand dollars look like? Yeah. That's what he ended up getting away with. Oh, and by the way, he did steal two bags of cash, but apparently dropped one along the way and only made away with one. So it was yeah. four hundred thousand dollars in total. How
0: did you drop that one? You don't have one second to turn around. I mean, I guess at that point. It's you're probably a lot. heavy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You may have a point there. I, I've i not stolen that kind of money. I'm not quite sure. So, so anywho, he goes on a little vacation to Vegas sure. and
1: just really like kind of lives it up. I guess he spends like a day in Vegas and, you know, kind of realizes that This is really bad, and he should probably go home. Congratulations. (laughs) Right. Uh, And, you know, was kind of questioning himself and, like, why did I do this? And, you know, why am I not at home with my family? And, of course, still, what am I going to do with all this money? You know, just didn't really know what to do. So You're
0: in it, Anthony. Right. You're in it.
1: (laughs) So he went home, and uh, unfortunately for him, the police kind of already had a little heads up on him Mm -hmm. being a possible suspect. They didn't have any solid evidence. But uh, the part of the story that we didn't mention to you was that during one of the uh, dry runs of this heist, Anthony kind of got a little sloppy and he let himself be seen by someone. And that someone was a homeless man named Alan. So Alan saw Anthony ditching or he was either ditching or picking up. He, was he hiding the disguise. his
0: disguise? Like he was hiding up behind a dumpster or something like right. that. Right. Yeah.
1: And a can of mace and like there yeah, was, like, you know, a,
0: right. obvious like bank robber 101 right. stuff.
1: Exactly. Well, I guess if you were a bank robber, you would think that. If Absolutely. I saw a bunch of, I don't know, if I saw a pile of clothes behind a dumpster, A, I'm not
0: inspecting it. <laughs> i like, I'm not going to know what it is. I'm just yeah. going to assume like, yeah, I don't know. You don't watch enough true crime stuff, Mandy, because that is not. just, that's what's in your bag. Yeah. So he sees it and he calls the police and well, he tells Anthony, he says, Hey, I know what you're doing with that stuff. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Like do you now? (laughs) Yeah. And Anthony was pretty much cocky enough that was like, I didn't think he'd remember who I was. And you know, he just wrote him, no him off
1: as, like, a homeless, like, possibly, you know, a drunk and, like, just would not ever be able to give an yeah. accurate description to the police. And it would just be a light description That's yeah. what he said. Like, so he really was full of himself. And he actually said in the 2020 thing that um, there was no doubt about it that he was going to pull this off. Yeah. And he was so far into it at this point. He just didn't even consider the possibility that, you know, something would go wrong and foil this yeah. perfect, amazing plan that he had. Yeah. <laughs> so, um like I said, Alan had contacted the police and reported these things at the time whenever he found them. So this was actually a few weeks before right. the robbery even took place, and of course the police at this point—they well, don't really have any. I mean, you have a homeless person calling saying, "I found these robbery tools behind yeah. a dumpster." Well, unfortunately, that's just not really a credible, you know, right. tip. I yeah. guess you would say. Um, so I don't really think they did much follow no, up on it so. at that time. So then, of course, the bank heist happened, and you know it all came out and this homeless person is, of course, hard to locate because how do you find someone who doesn't have a phone number or an address or anything like that? So, because on the 911 call, that's what he had said. He said, oh, I found these items. They asked him for his name. He told him the name. They said, what's your phone number? And he said, oh, I don't have one. I'm homeless. Right. So they really had no way of getting in touch with him again to try and find out any more information now that the bank robbery has happened. Right. Right. So during the investigation, the officers that were working the case actually went to a McDonald's and got about 10 cheeseburgers, and their plan was to try and go hunt down this homeless man. So I guess Tent City is what they called it. It's like a homeless camp um, that's in the area, and that's where they first thought that they might come upon him. So they went, they started asking around and, you know, handing out burgers and seeing if they could get any information. And they had handed out about six cheeseburgers. And then they finally came to a tent where they said, this is the police, you know, we're looking for a guy named Alan and, uh, Alan Pipes up and says, oh, it's about time you got here. (laughs) So he was waiting. He was just waiting for them to show up. Uh, So he provided the police with a license plate number that he also took off of Curcio's vehicle that day, that first day. And that's just to me like, this man is homeless and literally has nothing. And like, what does he have invested in this? You know what I mean? Other than just. Being a decent person, it's like right. I'm going to report this crime. Yeah. You know, so and that's he what warned
0: he him he was going to <laughs> he was going to rat him out. <laughs> I love that as an ending for you know for Anthony that he got found out by this one little he, tiny. You love that he got found out. <laughs> I well, I have mixed feelings. You don't want people to get away with crimes. I'm a total like I want everybody to be in trouble for things that they do. But he put this was really a smart plan. It was really
1: smart. <laughs> I know. It was smart. But then if he ever got away with it, I, we wouldn't be talking about it because...
0: Or would we? it would be even more interesting because there'd be intrigue. Well. But anyway.
1: You know, I don't like cliffhanger ending. True. Right? true <laughs> like, I just want to. it to be completed and over Put with. a little bow on
0: it.
1: <laughs> so, um... The police also, the day of the heist, the police had recovered pieces of the disguise. So they had picked up the face mask and they were able to get a DNA sample off of it from it being, of course, right on Anthony's face and his right. mouth. So they were able to get enough of a DNA sample that they already had that. And so all they're waiting on now is another DNA sample to match mm-hmm. to it. And then they're going to know that they have their guy. Right. So when they ran the plate number that Alan gave to them, it, of course, came back to none other than Anthony Curry. so now they have a name and they just need to track him down and figure out how they're going to get his dna from him right so this is all undercover at this point the police started um, doing their surveillance of him they were tailing him following him around and um you know they kind of had watched how he had been making some big purchases he bought a luxury suv and like fancy jewelry and That's, like, the one thing I was laughing at. I'm like, for someone so smart, like, these are stupid decisions. Right. Like, the last thing you do if you steal a lot of money is go flaunt it by making hefty purchases and cash. Everyone look at us. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So, not very smart. So, this is kind of where he starts. I guess he just didn't really think the plan through once he got the money. Yeah. That's very evident now that he just really didn't know what he was doing. Well, he did, but he didn't at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So, um So they actually ended up following him into a gas station, and he had discarded a bottle, I guess, like a drink bottle that he was drinking out of. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, and put it in the trash can and drove off. Well, the police were like, bingo, that's it. Like, we got it. You know, so they went, you know, trash can diving and got that, you know, bottle out and got the DNA sample, and, of course, it matched. So they knew they had him, and then he was arrested about a month after he did the crime. Right. So for a month, he he made it for
0: a month without getting caught, which to me is like, holy crap. I, just I know. <laughs> what was his wife thinking though? Like, what was he telling her? Cause she had to have known the business wasn't, he might've been able to, you know, everybody else might not have known, but she had to have known that the business was not doing very well. And she knew he had issues with addiction. So I would think she would have, I don't know, but I don't know if somebody bought me a brand new car in cash, I might not ask any
1: questions. I mean, I don't want to say that she didn't, you know, she had her head in the sand or anything, but she did say on the 2020 that she basically hung on his every word and just really thought he was just the greatest thing ever and that she believed everything he said and never in her wildest dreams could she imagine like the things that he was actually doing.
0: Well, this one I can say I would not. That right. would be, not, not be my first. And yeah.
1: she had said at one point that Anthony came home after this Vegas vacation that he went on after he's already got you know robbed this armored truck, and um, he was kind of talking like, "Oh yeah, have you heard about that like bank heist? Like, isn't that so cool? Like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I Honestly, guess that would yes, be a it was red flag. A little cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little cool, but you know, so she of course was there was rumors around town and everything at this point, and so she was like, "Yeah, you know, real cool, like." Not really cool, really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and kind of just had said, well, whoever did that's going to get caught. Yeah. You know, and it's not going to be so cool then. Yeah. So I just think that she was just a loving wife who just kind of. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to believe it if I, if, you know, the neighbors were talking about my husband stealing robbing yeah. bank, I'm not going to. But what did I get in this picture? Did I get a new
0: card? Did right. I get a nice ring? <laughs> right. Because I could put my thoughts off too. How do back. I benefit from yeah, this? Yeah. If <laughs> I could benefit from this. I'm just kidding. So Curcio pled guilty
1: and was sentenced to six years in prison and his wife Emily sold off all of their belongings, took the girls and moved in with her parents and just tried to carry on with life. Of course, now she's a single mom. The husband is in prison, which I just think that would probably be one of the worst things to have to like go through and deal with and it's hard enough. I
0: thought the six-year prison sentence was super, super low, but then he didn't use a gun, knife, anything like that. He used pepper spray, so I think that was part of the lighter sentence, because that kind of ticked me off whenever I saw that. As much as I thought the story was interesting, that was a really light sentence, but I do think it had to do with... And that was probably part of his own plan. If he's using pepper spray and anything happens, it's not going to be as terrible
1: right it wasn't like a violent crime and he didn't you know do anything really really morally corrupt to get like i mean there was some morals being thrown around (laughs) here but
0: yeah (laughs) nobody died guys no one died in
1: this i know it's really awesome yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm so happy today to talk about a case that nobody died in exactly (laughs) so during his incarceration he actually ended up spending seven months in solitary confinement oh he did a ted talk And that was also really good, and that's not very long. It's like eight minutes long, and it's totally worth watching. It was really good. He kind of talks a little bit about his time in prison and, um, you know, what he's done with his life since then and just a really positive message of not going down the path that he went down, you know. So during that, he's talked about how he spent seven months in solitary confinement, and I guess he was supposedly under investigation for getting in a fight with another inmate or something. Um, But then some of the other research I read said that it was really two. he was actually in a cell with two other inmates who were involved in some kind of altercation where there was physical violence, and that he was not involved in it, but they held him anyway in in solitary. And some of the way he talked about it was just, like, really heartbreaking because – I was telling Melissa that I'm really... Like, I understand criminals are criminals and, like, it's jail and it's not supposed to be a fun place. But I don't know if I'm on board with, like, the solitary confinement thing. I think it's kind of inhumane and especially the way that he talks about how, you know, they, they really
0: didn't even get to see the light of day. Yeah. He, you know... I do think it would make things worse if you're right. in there. It's going to make right. it a lot worse. Oh, but his one comment about – oh, this just gives me the heebie-jeebies. But um, he said that whenever the lights would go off, he would – he, he you kind would of hap- saw something, right? He would – or hear a noise. So he said he had to pull a sheet over his whole body and, like, tuck himself in? Because there were roaches ugh. everywhere. And you would wake up and just flick them off. Uh. Flick them off of himself. <laughs> that is – I don't – I nope, nope, nope. 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 <laughs> so yeah, so anybody that was thinking to do a part two of this bank heist, don't sucks. do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. The worst, don't do <laughs> it's it. It's
1: a terrible idea. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So th- anyway, that was just one thing that kind of made me like sad for him and for other inmates that are going through.
0: Yeah, especially stuff for like that, that. that that under investigation. It wasn't. He right. wasn't involved. And either. this is not
1: a violent criminal. Like yeah. this is not. You know, I don't know. Like we said in one of our first episodes, I'm the one who just, I just feel bad for everyone, even whenever they're like in trouble or, you know, I just want everybody
0: to be treated nicely, you know? Well, no, that one bummed me out for anybody that's solitary confinement is, that would make you crazy. First few hours would be amazing. Amazing. (laughs) So good. I wish somebody would throw me in solitary confinement. (laughs) No one's doing it. Um, But yeah, but after that, it just seemed um, terrible. But another thing he mentioned in the TED Talk that I thought was a great thing to pull out of all of this is he said, you know, during the time in his life growing up, everything he did was just to be better than somebody else. It was never to be the best version of himself. It was always, I have to outdo this person, this person, this person. And he said, when he went to jail, he realized, I don't have this money. I have nothing. All I have is time and time is the most valuable resource. And look at all this time I'm missing from my children and my family. And that's what was always important. And so that's a great lesson for everyone. It's a great lesson for me, even though I, would like to be thrown in solitary confinement for a while. <laughs> the time with your family and time with people that you love, that's the most valuable thing you can have.
1: And it's just unfortunate that he had to go through
0: this to come to that sure. conclusion. It's good he did because he could have just been bitter and we wouldn't be talking about him. That would be really sad.
1: Right. And his wife did say that, you know, she was actually thankful that he got arrested for this and had to spend some time yeah. in jail because she thought that the path that he was on was going to either, you know, he was either going to be dead or, yeah. you know, something really bad was going to happen right. and he would be in jail for a lot, you know, a long time. Yeah. So this ended up not being... Oh, six years though. I mean, that's like
0: prime time,
1: kid time, you know, Oh my gosh. By I can't imagine. No. I'm Although sometimes if I could just fast forward through this six years... I'd be in prison. There are moments. Six hours. I could take six hour increments. I'm just kidding. I love my children. We love our children. They're great. Um, So he wrote a lot of books while he was in prison. A ton of
0: books, actually. And
1: one of them was called Heist and High. And I believe that is just like a, I'm not really sure what that one is. I know the rest of the ones he wrote were children's books. I think but I that think was that one,
0: autobiographical, right? That's what I
1: think. I think it was more about his life story and, and kind of what had happened with his crime and everything. Right. And so he also wrote, like I said, and illustrated over 20 children's books. Um and there's some really, really interesting ones. A lot of them are like kind of sportsy related, but he did write this one called The Honeytown Detectives and The Cake Caper. <laughs> and this is just too good to be true. Oh. Um, so this book is about um, some bears and Grammy Bear is having a birthday and they They look a- like the busted Bernstein Bears, <laughs> if <laughs> I'm do. being totally honest. They do. Oh, um, so Grammy has a birthday, like I said, and they have a birthday cake for Grammy bear and someone, uh, left a box of pink rain jackets for everyone to put on. But just as they do that, the rain is gone. And so is Grammy's cake. So one of the quotes from the book is I saw someone wearing a pink rain jacket, steal Grammy's cake. Piggle shouts. The problem is everyone is in, in Honeytown is wearing a pink rain jacket.
0: So life <laughs> imitates art or art imitates life. I should say. Yeah. Yeah, that's I don't know if I could read that one. And the um his high wait, I'm sorry, what is it? Heist and high. That looks like a good one. His other sports books seem a little like if you've ever heard of the who was series or the who who are who were series like who is who was George Washington. Like my daughter loves those books. Um but um yeah, these are these aren't quite up to par with those. So, but I think you can get them pretty cheap on Amazon. So Check them out. They're, they're good. If for nothing else than the stellar artwork. Right. He was released from custody in April 2013 and reunited with his wife and daughters. Yay! which What a stellar... Wife to stick around for that Honestly, I think I would too In this situation That's because your husband listens to this show <laughs> <laughs> I would though I don't know I My think... husband edits the show So I'm going to say yes I, I would stay I took a vow, too. okay? <laughs> I am in this for life <laughs> Someone's going to die Or <laughs> That's the only way out of this marriage So um, He now works with youth As we talked about in the um, The TED presentation that he gave um, The TED Talks rather um, And he talks to them about Substance abuse and prevention, and the importance of making positive life choices. He speaks to middle schools, high schools, and universities around the country. So I'd be interested in actually hearing him speak sometime. That would be
1: kind of neat. I would too. And especially after listening to that TED Talks, um, he definitely, you can tell that he's come a long way and is a reformed person yeah. since this has happened. So I always love a good, happy ending. I think that's one of my favorite things about this story is that even though, I mean, the whole story is. Flat out crazy. It's just fun. You've just never heard of anything like it in your life. And it just seems like a plot of a movie. Like, right. You know, yeah. it just doesn't even seem real. So, but I'm happy that it had a happy ending and that he was able to reunite with his family and Get his, with his kids. Turn and his life
0: around. Yeah. All good stuff. Um, so we want to thank you guys again for listening. Before we go, we have a couple of our... I'm invincible wins and we got some really good ones and I'm super, super excited. Um, And so we will start with one we got from uh, Instagram. Uh, I'm invincible when I look directly into security cameras when I enter a store. So the cops have an accurate timeline of my moments or I'm sorry, of my movement in the event I go missing. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. I never want to look into a security camera because I just think, dear God, is that what I look like? But apparently we should be looking at these things. We should because that's so true. Then they'll at least have solid evidence like there she is, that's her, she was here at this time. That is such a good idea. I know. I'm going to start doing that. (laughs) But keep in mind, crappy surveillance cameras, so you never know if they're even going to show up. But I love that one. That is such a great one. Um, The next one we also got from Instagram, and again... If you guys want to talk to us over on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we love communicating with everybody. It's been so much fun. Um, So we have another one. I'm invincible when I don't keep knives on the magnetic strip above the stove because that could just be handing an intruder a murder weapon. I have a whisk, ladle and spatula there instead. (laughs) Not going to do much damage with this. No, that makes me think like the knives you keep on your counter, like your steak knives and stuff. I do always think like, well, this could really be used against me. This might not be a a great idea.
1: Well, even I feel like in some slasher movies, that's like a thing that you see, like they walk in, they go over to the knife block and they just pull a knife out right from the family's knife block. And it's like, Whoa,
0: why didn't you plan is what I want to know. Why Why did not you bring your own? Yeah. Bring (laughs) your own, use your own. You're going to kill me. Just let me keep my knives. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last one is one that I don't know if you guys will remember this. I guess it depends on when you grew up. Um, it's, uh, from our Facebook Page, it's I'm invincible when I'm on the phone with phone a friend. Remember in the 90s, there was a number you could call after school if you were home alone. Now that I think about it, they were encouraging kids to call strangers and to tell them they were home alone. <laughs> and Mandy does not remember phone a friend. But if you do, my sister and I used to call. And so you literally had this number. And there was some jingle that was like, take the number, put it up on your wall. Phone friend, phone friend. And it, Sing was, it Melissa. No, it reminded <laughs> me of the little cartoons. Oh my gosh, what's the, the cartoon with the guy with the big nose, like... I don't even know if he talks. This is not going to make any sense. If I figure it out, I will post it online. But, um, yeah. So they basically said, if you're home by yourself, call and speak to these grownups who will then (laughs) know you're home by yourself. And my sister and I used to call them all the time and tell them like we were home by ourselves, but we would make it, we were terrible. We would basically say we were scared to be home by ourselves. And they would ask us when our parents would be home and we would make up stuff. We were, terrible, but I don't think anyone knew that. We also would chat with people online at my grandma's house, which if my mom hears that, she's going to be real happy. (laughs) No, but we would like pretend to be other people, which I'm sure everyone was doing, but it was like early dates. Yeah. I, I was catfishing before there were catfish. So, uh, yeah, I loved phone a friend. If you guys remember that Oh my gosh. That, that If you remember it, it, comment. That means you're old too. That means you're old too. Yeah. So that's like a totally 90s thing. Basically just calling for predators to come to your house. Uh, so anyway, we hope you guys enjoyed our episode tonight. It was different. It was fun. We loved it. We've been so excited about this all week. We'll be back to terrible murders next week, I'm sure. Yes.
1: And we are open to feedback on it though. If you guys like these types of fun episodes, as a kind of a little break in between some of the not so fun ones, then yeah. we'll try to keep doing them.
0: Yeah. So, um, have a great week. Uh, we have a few promos that we're going to play for you guys and, uh, we hope to see you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Roseanne and I'm the creator and host of California Dreaming, true crime tales from the Golden State. Like many of you, I have a longstanding fascination with mysteries, crime, and justice. I bring you a different story each week that involves an event with the California Connection. I have a few episodes up that are available for download on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. I tell my stories with a quiet intensity, something to listen to when you need to get your true crime fix, but also need to wind down. So check it out when you have a moment. California Dreaming, true crime tales from the Golden State. Hey
1: guys, my name is Arielle Jane. I'm a longtime Alaskan and true crime junkie, who decided to combine those two things into my podcast, Murder Under the Midnight Sun. I cover a wide variety of crimes from the 49th state, as well as the occasional case from somewhere else. So check out my podcast, and you'll hear all about the dark side of this majestic state. Available on iTunes and Stitcher.
0: Hey guys, it's Laney, host of the True Crime Fan Club podcast. If you're a true crime addict like I am, then my podcast is for you.
1: It's a podcast for the ultimate true crime enthusiast, giving you a glimpse into the life and crimes of the most demented minds. You won't want to miss an episode.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com, where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars, because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.